I just believe that hope is uh, generally the hope or the belief that good is yet to come. That in spite of what I may see in the natural, the Lord is at work. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young, and I am joined today with the great, the one and only Wendell Vinson. We're going to do a special coast-to-coast Christmas celebration. Uh, From where I am here in spectacular Sarasota, Florida, to where Wendell is in beautiful Bakersfield, California, we're going to talk about finding hope. Uh, What do you find in your life? Is hope in short supply? Where can you find hope? And I would like to mention as well, our co-host and also co-founder of CityServe, Dave Donaldson, has written an incredible op-ed piece that's been published in the Fox News. And you'll find that op-ed, which I encourage you to read about hope uh, in our show notes and catch up with what Dave has to say on this matter. But we're glad you're with us. And I don't know how your year has been. There's been a lot happening globally, lots of pressure, war in the Ukraine, war in the Middle East. The cost of living just seems to keep going up and up and up. And then personally, personal anxiety, depression, health issues, financial issues. Uh, so is there hope in all this place? And our, our, our guest today, Wendell Vinson, has been a pastor for four decades of the great Canyon Hills Church there in Bakersfield, California. Also, the co-founder of CityServe International, which is a compassion ministry. And Wendell, we're glad you're with us. And let me just start by saying Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, Scott, and your you, family. It's good to be with you. Good to see you. You you have you've traveled even this year in the last couple of years. You've been in places like the Ukraine. You've been in the Middle East and uh, City Serves outreaches that are reaching those places. What what have you found as you've traveled? Um, just needs in the world that you see. You know, I think one of the things that is happening right now, Scott. You know, people feel uh, incredibly disconnected. If you were to say what. What is the uh, thing that is bringing such anxiety? I think people, you know, are just overwhelmed by bad news. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. things that just aren't, you know, well in our world. I think what scripture says, even when it refers to the return of the Lord, it said the whole earth will be groaning for, crying Mm -hmm. out for the return of the Lord. And I, I certainly feel that around the globe, that there's a groaning for the return of the Lord, a longing for his return. And I think, um, so I think people, you know, are, are feeling disconnected. But one of the things I am seeing is that it seems like God is uh, connecting the global church in a really profound way right now. So uh, to me, it appears that while things uh, in the world are uh, growing increasingly, you know, challenging in Christ's church, something very powerful is happening in a way, it's kind of like that Christmas story, you know, the, the worst of times, the best of times, because mm-hmm. God is moving in his church and his kingdom is advancing. And I think in large part, what I see happening right now that's very encouraging is in the midst of all the disconnect and despair, it feels to me like uh, God is helping his church connect even uh, uh, in, in a greater way globally. And uh, certainly technology is allowing that, travel is allowing that, but the needs around the globe are really bringing the church together. We often talk about when, you know, if there's a, a wound on your body, 
that are mm-hmm. an infection that your God's designed your body so that your white blood cells mm-hmm. move toward that infection. Mm-hmm. It, it's happening in the church. The body of Christ is moving toward these pain points globally. And God's opening up amazing doors for deeper uh, relationship, greater impact. So uh, it is a challenging time in the world. Certainly without Christ, things are hopeless. But Mm -hmm. the message of the church has never been more important than it is right now to a lost and dying world. Now, you've seen uh, churches coming together with City Serves work in the Ukraine um, and and then in Israel and the Middle East, uh, how do you see the global church coming together in these areas that you are very interested in? You know, it's really something if, you know, as tragic as this war in Ukraine has been, I don't know if there's ever been a time when the relationship between the church and the West and the church in Eastern Europe has mm-hmm. been as strong as it is right now. There have been deep, deep uh, relational bonds formed that could only be formed out of a a crucible like this. So I I would just say that what the enemy has meant for evil, God is using for great good. It feels to me, Scott, and this is why I'm Mm -hmm. hopeful, very hopeful, it feels to me like a setup for a massive global revival. It just feels to me like we're being set up (laughs) and that everything is converging on this moment where only Jesus, you know, his power and his working through his church is going to bring help and hope to hurting world. So I think there is, you know, bigger than any of our planning or strategizing could ever accomplish a divine supernatural setup for a massive global revival. That's so good. And I would just say, amen. I, I think something happens. You mentioned the coming of the Lord. I sense very much in my heart that that's right on the precipice. Yeah. And before his coming, I think there's going to, we see an increase of darkness, but I also think an increase of light uh, that we want to help point people to in this Christmas season. And the tension is not only global. You are a local pastor. You are uh, well-known in your community, and you have deep roots in the community there in California and the communities that you serve. Um, so on the global scale, we see uh, distress, but you also see on the streets of Bakersfield in the community you pastor, um, hurts of people. And give us a sense not only of the macro of the world, but the micro, just a local community you serve in. Well, I would say in, in the global scheme, <clears throat> as we just discussed, God is connecting his church in a much more profound way. On a local level, the Lord is moving his church to the center of community. So uh, I believe it is the opportune time for the church, the local church, to see itself as being that source of, of care and healing in their community, as opposed to just expecting someone else to bring the solutions to, you know, to, to their community. Work with your local community leaders. Be part of the solution. Proclaim the good news and the gospel everywhere you go and be the hands and feet uh, of Jesus. And I think, I think the Lord is moving his church in our cities across America back to 
really where we were in uh, an earlier part of our history. The church was in the center of community. The church in the early days of our country, we were the dispensers of both care, uh, health care, education, uh, responding to the social needs of people. It, it's been kind of a modern day phenomenon that the church has backed away from that and kind of uh, looked to the government really to do that. The government is limited. And the reason the government's limited is the government really is powerless to tell people the truth in its current form. It is to the church that the gospel has been entrusted. And the gospel is good news. It's good news to the poor. It's good news to the broken, to the prisoner. It's good news to those who are struggling with addiction. It's good news to that widow. It's good news to the fatherless, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. good news to everyone. Yeah. And so this is time to be good news people. It is our moment to be good news people. And so I would say to the local church pastor, you know, after four decades in this community, I've never seen a time in this community when the community is looking to the church, not only looking to the church, really opening the doors for the church to come to the center of community and be part of uh, that redemptive work that God's trying to do in their city. I do believe it's going to take the church working more cohesively together on a local level. You know, Jesus in his prayer in John 17, that was his prayer. That the church, when he's praying to the Father, that last high priestly prayer before the crucifixion, he said, Father, I pray that they'll be one, so that as the church is one in community, in other words, working together, they will have a more credible witness. There's only one church. There really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. there's an apostate church that is emerging. We all see that. But there's only one true church. And Jesus' prayer for that church is that the church would be one so that we could have a credible witness in our community. The number one question I've been asked by government leaders across the nation when I talk with them is, why doesn't the church work more cohesively together? I do think it's a good time to just reach out to that church down the road from you, begin to build relationship. If there's opportunities to pray with other pastors in your community, you know, change, adjust your calendar and be there to pray with those pastors. You be an advocate for the true church of Jesus Christ moving together in your city. And just out of that, so much blessing will come to your community and great strength will come to the church united. We are definitely talking to the right guy about hope because Pastor Wendell is just overflowing. He, he's talking about how God meant it for good and how God is bringing unity in the middle of these dark times and, and how Jesus is praying we'd come uh, closer together. And uh, you're a man of faith, obviously. What do you say to people that you would meet in your church this weekend? And they come through the door and they are struggling with personal darkness, um, personal anxiety. Money is short because it's Christmas time. And how do we help those people that come through the doors of our church? You know, it's interesting, Scott. One of the things we've seen happen, you know, for decades, the front door to our church was our Sunday services. Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the loss in our community, we still have large amounts of people that come for the first time to a Sunday service. But what I have noticed is a growing amount of people 
uh, come to the church through groups that are offered uh, during the week. And I'll hmm. talk to them and I'll say, is this your first time at the church? And they'll say, well, it's my first time on Sunday, but I came to a group that was uh, dealing with grief because I've lost my husband or I lost my wife or we lost a child, and we heard about this grief group. We have on Tuesday nights, it's called Hope Groups. And, mm -hmm. you know, on Sundays, in our context, and in most contexts, we have a prayer leaders come down to the front. And when they come down to the front and people come down, they come down for just a handful of things. Almost everyone does. Either they come down for salvation, or they come down mm -hmm. because they've lost a loved one, they're going through grief, or maybe they're dealing with anxiety or financial issues or marriage issues or kids issues. But it's not, uh, you know, a hundred things. It's usually about 10 things. So we launched what was called Hope Group on Tuesday night. <laughs> and that Hope Group simply offers a group for people that are dealing with uh, marriage things and they need to strengthen their marriage or they're dealing with, uh, you know, anxiety issues because of all the things going on in their life or grief or, you know, any number of issues, right? So there's a handful of issues. Our prayer leaders, when people come down, they pray with people, but they don't just pray with them. Because I think this is a mistake we make in church sometimes is we pray for people and then we say, well, you know, go be fed and be warm. But, but really there's a next step. And that's an opportune time when people come down for prayer to offer that next step. We offer that step into a hope group so that they can get in a circle uh, with a group of people that are together looking to Jesus for healing and for hope in their life. We call them hope groups. They happen every Tuesday night. That's the next step from that prayer on Sunday morning. Get in a hope group. And that hope group goes for about 10 weeks and they're in that group. And that group is there to serve them and help them navigate that season. And, you know, I think about when Jesus, uh, you know, he, he, he spoke to Lazarus and he called him forth from death. It was only Jesus and the word of Jesus that could bring Lazarus back to life. But then Jesus sent his church to unwrap those grave clothes yeah. off of Lazarus. And in the same way, uh, the body of Christ has a great opportunity right now to get around hurting people. So every Sunday when hurting people come, we're trying to move them to that next step, not just come and sit and, and listen. Much more happens in circles, Scott, as you know, it yeah. happens in rows. We're yeah. trying to move people from the row to the circle, from the row on Sundays to the circle during the week so that they can be in that group of people. And that becomes a healing group for them. Those people that are part of the body of Christ, they help take those grave clothes off of someone that's given their heart to the Lord. So the, the church should be, I believe, meeting people at that point of need, but walking with them. And we need to think more in terms of making the journey with people than a single prayer or a single blessing. People need you know, to be connected. And scripture says, even for each of us as believers, that you know, the body of Christ is strengthened as, as each part of that body is fitly joined and when we're mm -hmm. fitly joined together, we become a habitation for the presence of the Lord, and we become the hands and feet for Jesus to bring healing to people that really need someone to walk with them. So we're trying to, we're really trying to advocate for churches thinking more in terms of a more holistic approach to ministry than just a great Sunday service. 
I'm all about a great Sunday service. I yeah. love church. I love the proclamation. I love worship and the presence of God. But I know people need more than that one hour on Sunday. They need the church to have some methodology by which we actually journey with people out of despair and into uh, that place of great restored hope. I hope people are listening carefully. They may need to listen again because Wendell's given so many just bullet point ideas that are so valuable. I'm going to ask you in a moment how you define hope, but just as you get ready for that, this this review here, he's talked about praying with other churches. And prayer is one of the things that brings churches together. We can at least pray together. Amen. And the other that Wendell does amazing and cultivates other churches is compassion. He's tapped into two things that bring the church together in unity, uh, prayer and compassion. That's what City Serve is all about. But he's talked about his prayer team, which is great to think about, not just praying with people, but moving them strategically to the next step. Yeah, that's going to help bring hope to people. Yeah. That was brilliant. When a person, and then, when a person uh, steps out of that row to come to the altar, that's a that's a catalytic moment for them. I mean, it takes a lot for a person to say, "I don't know anybody here, but I'm going to get up and walk down there and pray with someone." We shouldn't have um, that opportunity. Listen, I was in your church recently, and they came right on the platform. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> they came right they up came there. Right there with you. <laughs> And we prayed with them right there. That was awesome. Let, how do you, let me just ask, because you've got hope groups, hope is in your heart. Do you have like a, a, a definition of what you think hope is? I just believe that hope is uh, generally the, the, the hope or the belief that good is yet to come. That mm. in spite of what I may see in the natural, that God, uh, there's one of those songs we sing in the church, you know, if I'm not dead, then God's not done. And I think that that really <laughs> captures this idea that the Lord is at work. He's at work. And if I'll mm-hmm. fully surrender to his lordship, he'll be not only savior, but Lord. Yeah. And scripture says where the spirit of lordship is, there's liberty. Yeah. So as people move into that place of real surrender, they have every reason to hope. They have every reason to believe that the Lord, the good shepherd, is going to lead Mm -hmm. them and guide them and care for them and meet their need and bring them into those pastures that are green. They have every reason to believe that. I think of one of the great messianic Christmas passages in Isaiah, Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born. You know, a a son is given. uh, you know, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Well, that's that's Isaiah nine six. Isaiah uh, nine six. If you go back and you read the the verses leading up to that, especially if you go back and read chapter eight. Chapter eight, Isaiah is talking about all the doom and gloom, and there's no reason for anybody to be happy about anything. It's just all bad, because that was the condition. Right, that was all he could see. But in chapter nine, Isaiah gets a revelation of the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, mm. and what his birth would mean to the world. And so the reason for our hope, it's Jesus. It's all Jesus. It is what we celebrate at Christmas. It's why we have lights all over our community. It's why we have a song in our heart during this season, because Jesus is. He is the reason for all hope. Mm. 
And I love what Paul says. He says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift that is ours. And we celebrate that at Christmas. And so because of Jesus and the knowledge that if we surrender to his lordship, he brings blessing and he brings his his hand of provision and he brings wholeness to our lives because in salvation, this incredible gift, then what do we do? We rejoice and we're confident that as long as I have breath, God's at work. He is mm-hmm. moving in my situation. My job is to look to him, call upon him, surrender to his lordship, walk in faith. And if I do that, doesn't matter what Fox News says or CNN says, or doesn't matter what the headlines of the paper may say today. I'm serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I know this. People often say, Pastor Wendell, what's this world coming to? I love it when people say that, ask that, because most of the time they ask it in dismay. Pastor, what's this world coming to? I love to say to them, we are coming to that day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm. And he is the essence, the reason for all hope. I just want to say, let the church say amen. Amen. Yeah. We just received some prophetic words from a pastor's heart. Uh, when you've been quoting scripture, you quoted from Isaiah 9, you quoted from Genesis that God meant it for good. Do you have any of the verses just that are, uh, when you think about hope, that they just come to your mind? I just think of, you know, all the all the passages of scripture that connect hope with surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not um, comfortable, you know, even the, the Messianic scriptures about peace on earth mm-hmm. you know it's you know you read those passages and they say you know that peace on earth is connected to those whom have found favor in god's sight so those who have looked to the lord or surrendered to the lord certainly all of the old testament is showing that israel you know they had good reason to despair when they were in rebellion to the lord yeah They had good reason to be discouraged when they're in rebellion to the Lord. So I'm not an advocate for something cheap and shallow that says to people, peace and happiness for everyone. I I believe that it is peace. You know, the peace that he gives, Scripture says, is for those upon whom the favor of the Lord rests. Mm -hmm. And his favor is on those who are both have received Jesus as Lord and are surrendered to his lordship. Think about even Israel. Zechariah the prophet, when he's talking about Israel, he says about Israel in chapters 12 through 13, 14, he says about Israel that they will be a burdensome stone to the whole world. The world won't know what to do with them. They'll be like a heavy stone that the world is struggling with until they get right with their Messiah. Mm. And when they look upon the Lord, it says, then a fountain, Zechariah prophesies, of salvation is open to them. I believe it's what the Apostle Paul saw when he says in Romans 11 that all of Israel will be saved, that there will be even a revival and a harvest to come in Israel. And it is then that Israel becomes a blessing to the whole earth. Yeah. They become, they, they step into their destiny when they see Jesus for who he is. And we step into our destiny when we see Jesus for who he is. So I don't 
I don't like to throw just a verse around here and a verse yeah. around there that promises peace or hope or well-being without it being connected to surrender and the lordship of Jesus in our life. It is Jesus. Think about 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Think about that. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, everything changed when the announcement of Christ uh, came to Mary. Then it changed. I mean, then everything, the whole equation changes. It's that way for Israel. It's that way for us today. Hope is mm. always to be connected with surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Peace will only be connected when there is surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So we need to keep those two themes together. You know, the idea of hope and peace connected to surrender and lordship, because that's where, that's really where true hope is found. So if someone's, li you're listening and you heard us open up with, we're going to talk about hope, don't miss what Pastor Wendell is saying, that it's not, not just quoting a verse, not just a happy thought you have in your mind. He's just beautifully explained. It's about the lordship of Jesus. And the Lordship of Jesus is recognizing, I'm not in charge. Amen. I'm not the CEO of my own house. Amen. Jesus, you are in charge. And that is the beginning of hope. Amen. And I hope that you walk away today with that in your mind. And let me ask you, Pastor, as we, we're Christmas, we're coming to the, the closing of one year and the opening of a, a new year. Uh, what kind of things are you praying for? I, I just am praying for the church to step into its finest hour. I really mm -hmm. am. To every pastor out there listening, this, this has the potential to be our finest hour. You mm -hmm. know, we're sent abound, grace abounds more, greater. Uh, in our weakness, his strength is perfected. You know, even walking in the spirit and that idea that we all believe as people that, you know, believe in walking under the leadership of the Lord and it is, it is connected to d dependency. It's when I become self-sufficient that I'm really in trouble. It's when, you know, it's when I think I've got this. I think I like what Isaiah said when he says in Isaiah 9, he says, the government will be upon this king's shoulder, mm -hmm. right? On his shoulders. We get in trouble when we try to walk, you know, in independence. I've got this. I've got it figured out. My strategy, my approach, mm -hmm. my even my work ethic, all that's great. I'm all for strategy, work ethic, I'm all for that, right? But ultimately, we have to have the strength and the help of the Lord. We have to live in dependence on, we are dependent on him, Scott, for our very next breath, yeah, yeah. much less our next meal, our next day, yeah. our next month, our next year. I would just like to encourage everyone to just acknowledge he is my yeah. provider. He is the God, the Father of every good gift, every yeah. good gift, yeah. every good gift comes from our Father in heaven. And just say, I am going to go into this new year, you know, with allowing the, the weight of all this to be upon Jesus. Right? <laughs> he so does funny. the heavy lifting. Yeah. It is when we try to do the heavy lifting and do what only God can do that we we find ourselves in places of just utter frustration. When yeah. we let him be King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we just let, we cast all of those cares over on him. Yeah. We get to live in the, in the blessing of the strength and the goodness of our father. 
and he is a good father and he yeah. takes good care of his sons and his daughters and he will never leave us nor will he ever forsake us he will never yeah. let us down who else can make that promise Scott, certainly not presidents or kings or CEOs or only Jesus can fulfill yeah. on that promise. But because of that promise, we have everything that we need. So it would be so beautiful, Pastor, if you could just lead us and those that are listening in a prayer just along those lines and uh, for this season, just a, a, a blessing from a, from a godly pastor who has served his community, his state, his nation, and the world in such a beautiful way. And we would just love to receive that blessing. Thank you, Scott. Father, I just pray. We thank you for this season because of all that it represents for us and for our world. And we thank you today for Jesus Christ, that indescribable gift for salvation that has come and will come through no other but Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for every friend that is watching, that they will walk in the blessing of surrender and dependency and casting all of their cares over on their good father. I pray, Lord, that you will cause this Christmas to be a Christmas when they allow you to take your rightful place in their lives, in their home, in their church, and in their community, for the glory of God, bring peace, bring joy, bring favor, bring provision, bring comfort to the wounded heart, bring family to those that are without family, Mm -hmm. or bring blessing to the entire community because of the church that is strong in their city, in their community, I pray. We thank you for these things, and we give you praise. Help us walk and trust and dependence upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Scott, I was just thinking about, <laughs> I was driving down the road. I got to tell this story. This is a grandpa story. Okay. I was driving down the road this week with my grandson, Oliver, who's my firstborn, yeah. and he loves yeah. Christmas music. And you know Oliver. Yeah. And Oliver reached over, I had my hand on the console, and he reached over and he took my hand while the Christmas music was going. It was involuntary. He was just so caught up and the songs about Jesus. Yeah. And he squeezed my hand and he said, he said, Papa, I'm your best friend, right? <laughs> I'm your best friend, right? And I just want to, and I was, I said, Oliver, you are my very best friend. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just think right now, your own relationship with the Lord, you could just reach over yeah. and just grab the hand of yeah. the Lord yeah. and say, Jesus. You're my best friend, right? You have promised to never leave me or forsake me, right? You promise right. to be a God to me who will provide, who will bring peace and comfort and strength, right? And his yeah. answer back to you will be absolutely. Yeah. And I want to say that to you. Merry Christmas, friends. Christ has come. We have every reason to be filled with hope. And he he is called the God of hope. So if you're really looking for hope, Wendell has just, he's been on fire today. And it's been so encouraging. My hope level has gone up 
while we've been talking together. And I, I'd like you all to get, get a hold of Dave Donaldson's words, our yeah. co-host yeah. here, of course, on the Influencers and a co-founder, along with Pastor Wendell of City Serve International. But that op-ed piece is going to be yeah. in the show notes. And I love you to be a part of that. And I want to thank you, Pastor, for joining us today. It's been a very, very beautiful um, time together. Let me quote from Dave as we sign off today. Here's what Dave says in, uh, in his op-ed. Whatever you may be facing this Christmas, whatever adversity the yeah. world may cast your way, know that hope is never out of reach. Amen. Such a good word. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. And friends, thank you for being a part of today's Influencer Podcast. I'm Scott Young signing off with my dear friend, Wendell Vincent. God bless you, Scott. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at The Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.